Before we get to this episode, just to say thanks to everyone who's bought my new book, Champion Thinking, How to Find Success Without Losing Yourself. Published by Bloomsbury, the response has been terrific. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's been top 20 in the airport charts consistently, and the reviews have been terrific right across the board. And if you like this episode that you're about to hear on Flow, you'll be sure to enjoy Champion Thinking. Head to my website, simonmundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this bite-sized episode of Life Lessons with me, Simon Mundy, in which we revisit a nugget from one of my previous conversations and have a closer look. It's very easy to take credit for our successes and look down on others for their quote-unquote failings without acknowledging the huge number of interrelated factors and events that first had to happen for them to come into being. We don't choose our parents, our genetics, our personality traits, our talents, the time and place we're born, or the experiences that shape us, and I could go on. If we really consider all of these things and truly recognise how little say we have in the formative elements of our life, it is inevitably humbling. And on the flip side, it can allow us to have more understanding and empathy for people who perhaps have lost their way in life. Now, the famous psychologist Albert Ellis spoke about judging behaviour as good or bad, but not judging people. And I think that really points to this. One person who powerfully illustrates this point is the Nike-sponsored athlete John McAvoy, who previously was sentenced to life in prison in his early 20s for armed robbery before turning his life around after discovering sports while locked up. It is an amazing story, and I'll link to the full-length episode in the show notes. Really well worth a listen. But first, here is John McAvoy talking about the essence of that age-old saying, there but for the grace of God go I. There was an article written in the Telegraph and I remember being in prison and I was reading it and it was talking about how organised crime in Britain had evolved over since like the 1960s into sort of like the Craze and the Richardsons and how like then it evolved into the 1980s to like organised crime become more around armed robbery and then in 2000s, 1990s, 2000s and then evolved into drugs. And then when it went through the stages of like how organised crime went from the Craze and Richardsons into more armed robberies, they basically listed four men that they said had sort of been instrumental in how that that process of organised crime had evolved into armed robbery. And out of those four men, three of them 
were in my childhood. And it, and again, Simon, like, I again, it's, sometimes it's quite ironic, but a lot of these sort of guys sent their children to private school. They had the best education that you could imagine. And most of them end up basically becoming involved in, in armed robberies or selling drugs. And they've all ended up going to prison. And it, so it just shows you that the environmental factor, what a profound impact. Like, even though these some of these kids I know, and I know now that are in prison still, they had some of the best education you can imagine because of what they were going home to every day and how that, that lifestyle was encouraged, how they end up, go, again, choosing that path like, like I did. Mm. Something I'm really interested in is you talk about environment, for example, and people are easily get classified, for example, into good people and bad people. I always think of this, the quote of the guy who runs the National Rifle Association in America, and he says something like, the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. So it's really easy, this binary good and bad. If you think of someone like Billy or some of those other people that you had around you, it doesn't sound like to me like it was something innate. It sounds like it was just that various events happened and the environment that they were in led to them going down this this path. If they'd have been in a different environment, they could have led perfectly normal lives. I, I, yeah, I, I, I totally believe that. I, I, I would say to you now, from my own personal experience, from the characteristics I had as a child, if if I would have been, if I'd have had a positive male role model in my life that would have sort of directed me into sport or directed me into business, like if I'd have had a Richard Branson or a Seb Co in my life as a kid, could I have gone on to be an entrepreneur? Probably. Would I have gone on? Could I have gone on and been an Olympic athlete? Probably. I, I, I had the ability, I had the mindset, um, I had the drive, the ambition, the will, but as a child. I was only exposed to people like me because, again, you only know what you know yeah. by people that engaged in what they did. And I had that mindset. And, again, it's, it's something like, again, I know I just said it, but you only know what you know and what you can yeah. see is attainable. So I wasn't exposed to, like, Richard Branson or Sebco, but I was exposed to Billy and all of Billy's friends. So I wanted to acquire wealth as an adult because I thought that was going to be success and I wanted to achieve something in my life. And they showed me a way that, they, it, it was obtainable. They showed me a road and a path that it was attainable. And then that path wasn't frowned upon. It, it was actually encouraged. Um, yeah. And then you start feeding into the sort of the whole anti-authority, anti-system, being as a young person. And it, it's, it's very alluring as a young person. that When you see like grown adult men just have blatant disregard for any rules, regulations, laws, it's not applicable to them. As a kid growing up, you just get drawn to it like a, a bee to honey. You just get sucked yeah. into it. It's, it's very, very magnetizing and it, and it can pull you in. And that's why when I go in and visit young people in prisons, you see so much talent and ability. The way these young people's minds work, like they are entrepreneurs. They, But what it is, the product that they're selling is illegal. Now, if these young people were given another opportunity to like sort of work in the city of London and you, you taught them how to buy and sell shares on a stock market, their brains, they could, they can do it. They have the skills to do it, but they need to be shown that this is a possibility for them um, because they've got the drive, the will to want to do it. They want to set up their own businesses. They want, but they don't understand or they haven't been shown how that's possible for them. And they probably don't see enough relatable role models that people from their community that come out the other side of it and go and do these extraordinary things with their lives, these positive stories, they don't really see them sorts of people. They see more people that are, hanging out on the street corner, driving around in a BMW on a council estate with a, with a 10, 20,000 pound Rolex watch. And to them, that's a way out of where they're at. 
at the start you spoke about gratitude and it makes me think of how grateful anyone who hasn't been in that environment can feel do you think then people are perhaps too quick to judge other people i've mentioned to you previously that a guy i find quite interesting is this psychologist former psychologist albert ellis and he talks about judging the behavior but not judging the person because it's like that saying what but for the grace of god there go i that type of thing so i mean what do you think about people judging others quickly for the things they do without necessarily factoring in that well if you were in that situation you would probably have ended up in the same place yeah, I've, I, I, I've been very fortunate, for instance, over the years where I've developed a platform um, where I'm able to express my, my story. And, um, and, and I've, I've, gone and done, I've gone and done sort of talks before to audiences of people that at the end, I remember one in particular, one lady come up to me and it took me back a little bit. But actually, of all the praise I've ever received, hers stood out more than anyone else's because she come up to me at the end of this talk that I did and she said to me, do you know today, she said, I really thought I was going to dislike you and, and what you've, what you, who you were. She said, like, but after listening to what you've said, she went, I totally understand how you've ended up in that situation because I, I don't know whether I would have made the same decisions that you made if I was put in the same situation as you. And then she was very appreciative of her childhood and the opportunities and, and the access to the positive role models in, in which she was exposed to as a as a young person. And again, like when I come out of prison, Simon, I joined a rowing club. Mm. Like I, I, I can remember when I went into the changing rooms for the first time and, and the, in this rowing club, it was full of barristers and police officers. There were some older rowers there that were judges um, and, and they're working professionals that worked in the city of London. And I, I, no one knew about my backstory. No one knew nothing about me. I didn't tell anyone about the records because I was so worried that they might Google me and headlines yeah. from some newspaper might come up. And when my story did come out, it broke down preconceptions because by that point, I developed friendships with people. I was going around their houses for dinner. And now I don't know whether if my story would have come out at the beginning and I would have joined, whether I would have been welcomed so openly. But what it did do to a lot of people at the rowing club in particular, it opened up their eyes that you can't judge people um, because if they would have judged me, they would never have given me the time of day. I would never join the rowing club. They would have just blackballed me out of the club. And I would never develop those friendships with him. And then they kind of, they realized that in life, good people do do bad stuff. But it doesn't mean you're a bad person. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, totally. and I think that, that had a profound impact over a lot of people, in particular at my rowing club. And, and I got a lot of that feedback back from them about how they used to prejudge people. And, and I've had it like, I, I don't get it so much now, but I had a lot of judgment at the beginning. Um, even Even when I was doing stuff like going to schools and prisons and, People would, some people would say, oh, leopard never changes its spots. Yeah. But obviously, the longer I've been out um, and the more work I've done, it's, it's abundantly ev evident that you can turn your life around and you can achieve things in your life and you can be a positive, productive individual in the world and you can have a positive impact over people's lives. I deeply regret the stuff that I've done years ago. I really, really do. And I think that's been one of the biggest motivations. Like, if I can stop other young people going down the path I've done, because when those young people fail, they're not just destructive to themselves, they're a destruction to the rest of society. So if I can prevent one of them going on to do bad stuff, that, that means more to me than anything physically that I achieve through sport. That's what legacy to me actually really is.
Thank you for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Life Lessons podcast. Please do feel free to get in touch via my website, simonmundy.com, where you can also find the whole back catalogue of Life Lessons episodes. And I'll be back with another full-length episode on Monday. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.